A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church, of which I am a minister in accordance with God's stewardship given to me to bring completion for you the word of God, the mystery hidden from ages and from generations past. But now it has been manifested to his holy ones, to whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ in you, the hope for glory. It is he whom we proclaim, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. For this I labor and struggle in accord with the exercise of his power working within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I am having for you and for those in Laodicea and all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged as they are brought together in love, to have all the richness of assured understanding for the knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The word of the Lord. In God is my safety and my glory. Only in God be at rest, my soul, for from him comes my hope. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be disturbed. In God is my safety and my Trust in him at all times, O my people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. In God is my safety Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. On a certain Sabbath, 
Jesus went into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely to see if he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might discover a reason to accuse him. But he realized their intentions and said to the man with the withered hand, come up and stand before us. And he rose and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? Looking around at them all, he then said to them, stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was restored. But they became enraged and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. Verbum Domini. I could find nothing better to begin my homily today than a little uh, instruction on the Blue Mass that was celebrated or celebrated annually at St. John Neumann Parish Catholic Church in Canton, Michigan. And here's what they had regarding the Blue Mass. Every moment of the day, a legion of dedicated men and women stand ready to come to our aid even putting themselves in harm's way so we might live in freedom and security. How can we ever repay these people in uniform who give so much? Standing vigil for us and responding whenever duty calls. How can we ever thank them enough? One way that our community shows its gratitude and expresses prayerful support for these servants in law enforcement and public safety is with the blue mass. Many of their uniforms are blue. We also pray for those among their ranks who gave their lives for all of us and to offer a consolation to their survivors, spouses, parents, children, friends. We recognize, unfortunately, that violence is a part of life, an aspect of the human condition. There's not a day that goes by that we do not hear or see some recounting of bloodshed or other bad things that happen in our community and around the world. Human discord, division, and disdain spawn violence. So it has always been. Amidst this violence, animosity, and deceit in society, the Blue Mass is an occasion to confirm our appreciation for the moral witness of those who accept the task to stand between us and harm. By, putting their, by their putting on the uniform or badge, 
they announce there is a better way. There can be a community of justice, order, compassion, goodness, and peace. Their lives and service are a witness to the hope and faith of all of us that the better side of human nature and experience can be sustained and even flourish. In thankfulness to God and humility before the Lord at this gathering of faith, we ask that God keep all of them safe in their service to this community. May we never forget the great price paid by our sisters and brothers in uniform so that the rest of us can try to live and build a world of true peace, a peace that ultimately comes from God. May we also continue to ask the Lord to grant those who have laid down their lives that promised share in the new and eternal life of the risen Christ. And so as we recall the sad events of 9-11 and those who laid down their lives, helping those who were harmed, those who were dying, today we especially remember, and during this week, uh, many parishes offer the Blue Mass and Thanksgiving for the public, uh, for the officers, the firefighters, police officers, EMTs, our own security personnel. And remember those who have died, especially this past year, that the Lord grant them eternal rest. And so especially let's remember them in our mass today in gratitude for what we often take for granted, their presence. And as this introduction said that every day they are there, ready to help us in our particular needs and emergencies. It was on that sad day that a man by the name of Tom Colucci was driving his car home. He was a lieutenant in the New York City Fire Department. And he had the overnight shift, and he was tired, and he was driving home when he gets a call at 8.46 a.m. that all the police officers and firefighters were called to the World Trade Center. And more than 340 firefighters died that day, including five from his firehouse, the deadliest day for first responders in U.S. history. And Tom said it was all very devastating. A lot of these guys were young guys married with families. But we just pulled each other through, and our faith came through. Most of these guys were Catholic. And so it was the faith that pulled us through. And although it was such an evil day, he says there, I saw the best that day. He saw the courage of the firefighters, the officers, the priests who had come to assist those who were dying, including Father Michael Judge, who died as he was assisting the dying. So he saw all of that. And he saw the best in humanity in that element, the worst, but also the best, the courage, the service, the laying down one's life 
for the sake of others. And a spark that he had had many years before for the priesthood was reignited again or more confirmed in his own mind. And so after his retirement, he began studies for the priesthood and was ordained to the priesthood in 2016 at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And some 1,000 firefighters and three fire trucks and a bagpipe band were there to celebrate his ordination to the priesthood. In fact, even before he was ordained at the firehouse, they would call him Father Tom because he had that spiritual nature and people would ask him questions about the faith and so on. And here's what he said about both his 20 years as a firefighter and also his work as a priest. You serve other people. That's what a firefighter does. Unselfishly, he runs into burning buildings and emergency calls to help people out. And that's what a priest does. He's always available to help people out. I get calls day and night to help people in different areas spiritually, to help them with the sacraments, mass, confessions. And so it's a life of service, both professions. And you probably remember, after that horrible day, there was a sign of hope that stood in the midst of the rubble, the cross of the beams from the destruction, the cross, the cross, our salvation that came through suffering. And St. Paul, in today's first reading from 1 Colossians, he talks about the value of our sufferings that are united to Christ's perfect offering on the cross. And how could he say this? How could he possibly say this? What we heard at the beginning of today's first reading, I rejoice in my sufferings. How in the world can you do that? I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. In my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. Well, what is lacking in Christ's sufferings? Well, let us realize that Christ's mystical body is still present on this earth. And so his preaching continues. The preaching of the gospel continues. At every mass, every sacrament we celebrate, the gospel is being proclaimed anew through his mystical body, the church. His healing of bodies and souls is continuing. Think of the sacraments of anointing and confession that bring healing to bodies and to souls and strength or people who are given different charisms in the church, gifts of healing, like Sister Breeze McKinnon, others that have been given that gift. We can think, too, of evil spirits continuing to be driven out through the ministry of exorcists, or that the institution of the Holy Eucharist that our Lord did that first Holy Thursday is made present to us together with his cross. But also his suffering continues. 
and his mystical body. That's all of us. His suffering continues in his mystical body. But it's not, as Paul points out, it's not a wasted, useless suffering. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. It's his mystical body now that is sharing in this privilege, really, of, of the work of redemption that Christ accomplished. That we are able to unite our own sufferings with Christ's perfect suffering on the cross and share in his work of redemption. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. So for it's the sake of souls. And so that formula that the Fatima children were taught is so helpful to us. What were they taught? To make everything that's difficult, every suffering, are you suffering? The Fatima formula will give you peace. And what is that formula? Jesus, I offer this for love of you because he first loved us through his suffering. I offer this suffering for love of you, this sacrifice, and for the conversion of sinners. That's what the Fatima children were taught. And that will bring a meaning to every suffering in our life. Everything that's difficult, Jesus, this is for love of you who suffered for me. This is for the conversion of sinners. I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. And in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. That, that yes, has to be suffered in his mystical body on behalf of his body, which is the church. But how can we do this? Today's concluding words from St. Paul tell us. He speaks about his labor, his struggle. For this, I labor and I struggle. How does he do it? Exercising his power working within me. And he speaks of Christ in me, Christ in you. This is the mystery hidden in ages past, but now manifested. Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of your glory. And he speaks of his power working within me, working within us. So that we are living united with Christ and so that we're called to share the gospel, but we're also to share and offer our own sufferings, whatever form they may take. Sometimes there are tragedies that are so, so break our hearts, like what happened 9-11. Sometimes they are physical sufferings that we can't find an alleviation for. Often there are emotional things or disappointments or hurts. It comes in a variety of ways. You know, Mother Angelica liked to tell the story of this lady she was talking, talking to and this lady had gone through a lot of difficult things. And, and this lady said, when you're going through tribulation, you gotta learn how to tribulate. <laughs> and mother would uh, talk about that, that, okay, we've got tribulations in our life, we've got sufferings in our life, but we gotta learn how to tribulate, to make an offering of them, turning them into something beautiful, even to rejoice in them. Maybe we can come to that point where I can even rejoice because 
I have this deeper sense of the value of my suffering that is something that can be offered with Christ as part of his mystical body for the sake of his body, the church, for the conversion of sinners, as a way to prove my love for Jesus who loved me through his suffering and revealed that to me. So dear people, let us, we always have courage. And I was speaking with someone recently who has a, a lump and had a biopsy done. And he said with great faith, he said, whatever the diagnosis is, I know it's for my good. I'm praying that it will be benign and hopefully it will be. But if it's not, that God will use that for my good too. What a peace that gives us that whatever comes, the healing that we're praying for or the suffering that we're going through, we can trust that he's going to use it for our good. How much peace that gives to us knowing that truth that he always has our good in mind and only ordains or permits that which ultimately will be for our spiritual welfare and our eternal glory.